You are Locked On Seminoles, your daily podcast on the Florida State Seminoles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ladies and gentlemen, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to the Masters Takeover of Locked On Seminoles, brought to you by rockauto.com. In just a couple moments, I'm going to be joined by Josh Neighbors and Jake Hatch, two of my colleagues at the Locked On Network, part of Tegna Broadcast Media, and we're going to talk all things Masters. So if you're like me, and you love golf, and you love the Masters weekend, sit back, relax, grab a little pimento cheese sandwich, and enjoy this very special episode. All right, it is a crossover edition of the Locked On Big 12 podcast, Locked On Cougars podcast, Locked On Youth podcast, and the Locked On Seminoles podcast. My name is Josh Neighbors. I'm the host of Locked On Big 12. This is Jake Hatch, the host of Locked On Cougars and Locked On Utes, the rivalry right there, and then also Max Moody, the host of Locked On Seminoles. Guys, it's Masters Weeks, and Masters Week, and there are plenty of ties. I mean, I was going through it the other day, it's like the power five, except the big 10. I mean, they are so well represented and, and BYU and, uh, you know, in the Pac 12, so well represented um, across the board in this masters. And I want to go, Max, I'll go to you first here. I've seen some complaining about the fact that masters week is back again. And to these people, I give them an audio middle finger because two masters in six months, sign me up for that. I'm cool with it. I, I, yeah, I have not heard any of those complaints here down really? in sunny, sunny Tampa, Florida. We are stoked for the masters. I mean, it's, it's just an exciting week there. There is an energy about it. And I think when you look at the hedges and you look at Amen corner and you see fans out there, we won't get political by any means, but it feels like we're getting a little bit back to normal in the sports world. You know, we just had an NCAA tournament with a bubble and now we're going to see the Masters with not full capacity by any means, but we're going to see fans at the Masters. And it's it just the Masters in April. It feels right. So to those people, I would say, yeah, go somewhere else. This isn't your place. I'm I'm pumped and I couldn't be more pumped for it. And Jake, I want to say this. Are we we're all reminded of sports media people at this time of year that Jim Nance is the luckiest man alive because he goes from the final four to the Masters this week. And this is this one we're all like. Doesn't matter what we do in life, this man, he has the best job in all sports. Yeah, he also lives at Pebble Beach. Like, like you've seen his house and everything. The dude's, yes. dude's living the life. There's no doubt about that. We mark the beginning of spring out here in the Intermountain West by two things, opening day and the Masters. And guess what? We got both of them, and off we go. Yeah, it's wonderful. I mean, it's so nice to have it back. And, look, it does feel like it was recent when Dustin Johnson just won the last you know, green jacket in November. But the season is upon us again. I really, I'm not sure if you guys have been watching a lot early on this season. I've been, I've found myself watching a good amount, especially when it's cold. Now I know Max, you're not in really, you know, a cold place, but, but Jake and I have, I'm Jake. Well, it was, it was 72 here this morning. You know, <laughs> oh, no. it, got a, it got a little chilly. Oh, you I mean, son yeah. of a gun. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure. Jake, have you been watching a good amount of earlier in the season? It's been cool. I mean, some, some, some younger names have sprung up uh, in the early season. Yeah, I, I watch a fair, I watch quite a bit actually because I'm with you. We're kind of stuck inside all throughout right. the winter, and just kind of it's one of those things you're trying to find stuff to watch. And yeah, that's one of the things you, you, you tune into. There's no doubt about that. Uh, and I kind of want to open this with this question first. It's kind of a general question, but also ties to the Big Twelve. 
Jordan Spieth, guys, got back in the win column last week. And I mean, and, you know, uh, conversation, hey, you peeking too early, whatever. He, he talked about it. he needed that. He needed that so badly. And you could see that it was coming back for a little while now, especially in the early season. He, he had a, uh, some, he's had some really nice rounds, but he has not put together a full weekend yet. And he did last week and, uh, you know, at the Valero and, you know, I think, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't bet on him necessarily this week, but Max, I think for a guy who's that good, who has that much of a pedigree, the fact that he's back in the win column, I mean, you're more, you're much more concerned about Jordan Spieth and the leaderboard if you're one of the opponents this week. You have to be, I mean, you look and he has been in the top 10, you know, six of the last seven tournaments, um, or top 15, I'm sorry, you know, five of those in the top 10. And it looks like, uh, three of those in the top five. I mean, he's, he's, I don't want to say Jordan Spieth is back. Cause I don't want to sound like a Miami fan, but you know, he's, he's creeping back. I mean, what we saw this weekend is we saw a guy who knows how to win. You know, it's been three years. He had been all but written off, but the reality is Jordan Spieth, when he's in that number one, two, top, you know, whatever spot, he knows how to finish and he knows how to win. And I think he's the type of guy where I'm with you. I wouldn't bet on him to win Josh, but if he's in the top 10 or so headed into Sunday, I'd be very, very nervous if I was the other nine guys. Yeah, and Jake, there's something about guys who have won before that this place is really generous. I mean, there are, I, I don't, I'm not sure what the number is, but, but there is a, a dearth of guys who are multi time masters winners. Um, and so he has only won one green jacket, but you know, this is a place also, if you're, if you're in good form, the course can be a bit kinder to you. There are some wider fairways in a lot of instances. There are some spots where, you know, if you can, uh, if you're accurate, you can really take advantage of the course. And so he, I, I expect to see him near the top this week. Yeah. He's one of those guys and anybody who's won at Augusta, you learn how to play this course. Obviously you have to, you have to go out there four rounds. You got to put it together for 72 holes and win this tournament outright. And Spieth, he got off to a bang with his first couple of chances at the Masters, and there's no reason why, yeah, if he's in the top 10 or in contention on Sunday, there's no reason to believe that he couldn't make a run and win this thing. Yeah, guys, and let's talk about some of the college angles. So I, I did some research. I work for SiriusXM, and I'm doing, a, doing some Big 12 golf trivia tomorrow, but I kind of almost went through the entire list. So I'm going to pitch it to you guys. We're going to count this. Is, you know, this is counting someone talked about before the show, but what conference do you guys believe has the most golfers this week, Jake, I'll go to you first. Which conference? Whew, I'm going to go with my West Coast bias and say the Pac-12. But if I had to pick a second guess, it'd say SEC. Okay, Max, what do you think? Yeah, I, I was going to say probably the SEC or, you know, or if it's one conference, the group of five might might be sneaking in there with a, with a wide slate. But single conference, SEC, I would imagine. So the G5 would win. You are correct. Uh, the G5, well, here's a problem, guys. Here's hey, this problem I ran into is that where do we draw a line between the old Southwest conference and so in the AAC, right? Cause I think, I mean, the number of guys who went to the university of Houston is staggering. Right. And uh, I mentioned Jim Nance earlier. He was an alum of the university of Houston, but uh, 11 we're counting. Uh, we're going to count Patrick Reed 11 from the sec. We have 10 shockingly from the big 12 and look, Ryan Palmer graduated from AM in 2000. So he was a big 12 golfer, right? Nobody says Ndamukong Sue played in the big, the big 10, right? Nobody says that. So, so, so he is a big 12 golfer uh, in that respect. 
10 guys in the Big 12. And then also uh, we have nine from the Pac-12, nine from the ACC. I mean, the Power Five guys, you know, we thought they reigned supreme in football. Uh, golf might be the one where they, they say, and look, it's, it's crazy. Jake, the Pac-12 and specifically, Arizona, they can think Arizona State for this, mm-hmm. it's staggering the number of top-level guys they have. Yeah, they, they've got a lot. Obviously, you have good weather schools in the Pac-12, at least in the South Division. There's no doubt about that. Arizona, Arizona State, USC, USCLA. But it's kind of funny to hear you say that because those numbers are pretty evenly uh, just mm-hmm. across the board. What you say? You said 11, 10, 9, and 9. Is that right? Yep, that's exactly right. That's, that's pretty impressive to see that there's a pretty even just kind of balanced out numbers across all the conferences. That just shows you, yeah, the Power Five, dominant in football, dominant in basketball by and large, and yeah, golf apparently as well. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take a quick break and talk about car repair. Look, it's something very few people actually enjoy doing. It's fun to fix up a car, but when your car breaks down, it's just a pain in the neck. It's not working. You got to go to a mechanic. You're not sure if they're going to give you a great deal. You don't know if you're even going to get a moderate deal. Hell, you could get ripped off. So what do you do? Well, I would suggest trying to make simple repairs yourself. Go to YouTube, grab a couple tools, And you'll find it's really not as hard as you might think. And it's even easier when you have the folks at rockauto.com. You know, nowadays, there's so many different makes and models and so many additions within each make and model. It's really hard to find the right parts at just a generic store that may not have everything in stock. So you go to a place like rockauto.com, a family-owned business with one of the largest inventories of any of the competitors, and you can find the exact part you need for your make and model Make that repair yourself, save yourself a ton of money, and be back on the road before you know it. Uh, so for ACC and for more Florida State kind of uh, towards it, we'll go with Brooks Kafka. Sure. So there has been a whole lot of, and, you know, you can speak of this, Max, injury talk. And he's battled through some injuries as of late. You know, yeah, there's been reports yeah. about he's going to miss six to eight months, and, he's, and he tweeted about it and said no. I, I think saying that he's going to this tournament – a hundred percent might fe- it feels a little wrong to say that, but oh, no, he no. also is, he's also motivated, which is really horrifying because this is a guy throughout his career who has actually openly said he wishes golf rounds were shorter. He said he loses interest at part of it, but it just speaks to how talented he is. I don't want anything to do with pissed off Brooks Kepka. Want nothing to do with it. Yeah, that's absolutely right. And you know, Brooks reminds me. I always joke that he is a lot like the the Pitt Panthers of like 2015, 2016, win six games, but, you know, beat Clemson. He's that kind of golfer. I mean, he's a guy, you know, he's sitting at 11th in the world golf rankings, but he just got a big win, just got a T2 last weekend. He is a guy that shows up when it matters. He's got four major championships. And at one point he almost had as many majors wins as wins total, because that's, look, he's a Florida State guy. I can talk about that from a, from a cultural perspective. He's got a, you know, the torn patella, the dislocated knee. He talked about it today where he can't, he can't bend his knee beyond about 50 degrees unless he's laying down. It takes him about a three hour warm up to get his knee going. And he's still going to play. I mean, it's just that culture of, you know, getting out there, grabbing a can of Grizzly, throwing in a fat one and just saying, Hey, I'm going to play through this thing because, you know, and that's what I love about Brooks. He's an athlete golfer. You know, mm-hmm. he's not going to let anything stop him from being at Augusta, including knee surgery less than three weeks ago. So I think Brooks is a guy, again, I'd put him in that Jordan Spieth category. The reality is, unless you're Tiger Woods, you need your knee working to win a, a golf tournament. But, 
you get him in the top 10, top 15 going into Sunday, he's, he knows how to, you know, put the hammer down when he's a dangerous golfer. Yeah, he is. I was at Bell Reeve in 2018, I guess it was when Tiger came in second and, you know, he was a story, but happening, you know, while it was happening, Brooks was just overpowering the golf course. And when he's accurate, which he is, he has his stretches where the, he makes the game look so easy. He makes golf look really easy. And in a way that the best, like the talent, the best talents do. I think the word is he is such a great talent because he's talked about it. Like golf isn't even his favorite sport. Right. You, <laughs> you can know never I mean? picture, you know, and this isn't to say that hard work isn't good kids. If you're mm-hmm. listening to your homework, work hard, you know, do everything you can, but you, you like can't even imagine Brooks practicing golf, right? Like try to picture him on the practice range. It's hard. I just feel like he just, you know, rolls in five minutes before his tee time, you know, grabs a Gatorade, pops two Tylenols, like mm, my back's a little stiff, you know, and hits it 3.30 off the first tee. That's not the reality, but you're right. He has an ability. You look at when he won the Open at Beth Page Black, he makes it look effortless. I mean, Sergio was about as physically defeated as you can get in a non-contact sport just because of what Brooks can do, not just from long range, but from mid-range. You know, he's everyone's great with their wedges on tour, but what he can do with a 6-7 iron, it, it's insane. So you're right. If that Brooks shows up, he's gonna he's gonna be tough to beat this weekend. Yeah, and he almost sometimes he looks like he's putting like Jason Day, like inside 20 feet, it's just money, you know. Yeah. And then Jake, the guy on the other side of this, this conversation we get into is Bryson DeChambeau. Beefcake uh, itself, the beefcake, the mechanic, the guy who's never really sat at always tinkering with the swing. He's always, you know, he, he's always um you know, yep. romance signed is, is he ruined the golf, which I I like I don't love. Bryson DeChambeau I do love how mad he makes everybody I will say this like how mad you know if you're watching you know Cookie on the Golf Channel will be like this is not golf like it is he's just I'm sorry like the bunkers 320 he takes it out of play it's you know it's not his fault you know he can do it what what do you think about Bryson DeChambeau is he ruining golf what are your thoughts on him I don't think he's ruining golf. He's just trying to go out and do what Tiger did in the early 2000s. You talk, they always talked about Tiger-proofing courses because Tiger was overpowering the sport at that point. Bryson's just found another way to go about revolutionizing this sport. The interesting part about this is, though, how long can this hold up for him? Because I am not convinced that that swing is going to hold up for him physically for the long term. Uh, we've heard Rory McIlroy talk about trying to keep up with him. His, essentially, he said, ruined my swing, speaking of Rory's swing personally. And we all saw that video this week of him on the on the driving range with VJ sitting there like, wow, he's really passionate <laughs> at this thing. But I don't think he's ruined the sport, but he is bringing a whole new element to it because he absolutely just grips it and rips it. And it, it's when he lets one fly, man, it is a truly impressive ball flight. I'm not sure he's long for this sport because he's not work. Like he's trying to basically take out a lot of like the mid intermediate game, right? He understands his skill set, which I think is, I think the self-awareness is actually pretty smart from his perspective. I think that he knowing that you can gain the system. I also think he knows he can't do it forever. Right. At some point in time, you're, you're going to have to end, you know, you talk about like tiger. I mean, Tiger, the back part of his career, his accuracy with his irons, he's one of the most accurate iron players on tour. Brooks is not good with his irons. He's not particularly great with his wedges either because he puts himself oftentimes in a lot. I mean, he'll get close on a par five, but he'll put himself in some long rough and he's not great with his wedges. So you see him, you know, he'll make par when he feels like he should have made eagle in some situations. Um, Max, I know you have some thoughts on the Bryson versus Brooks 
Uh, and talk about kind of the rivalry and where, where it maybe stems from. Yeah, so I think I think you have two different types of folks. I think you have, again, like I said, Brooks, you have the athlete golfer, Bryson, you have the scientist. And I think for someone, at least in my personal opinion, I came up in the age of the athlete golfer. You know, Tiger was the first guy to really make it look like a sport. I mean, not the first, you know, Nicholas, those guys were very, very mm -hmm. athletic, but Tiger looked like he could also go play baseball, you know, and then you had these guys come along and there was that era where you have, okay, Bubba Watson could be on a basketball court, you know, and that's fun to watch. And Jordan Spieth looks like, you know, he probably could also be on a baseball field, Bryce, uh, Brooks. Dustin Saint Johnson is a great example too. Lanky BJ, exactly. T Tony Finau, I think had offers to play D1 basketball at one point he along did. with his brother. Yeah, he, he did. He did. He was, a, he was an all-state basketball player here in the state of Utah. So exactly. So you have that. And then you've got DeChambeau. And what I, what I don't like about him is not the driving at 350 yards. I think that's awesome. If I could do it, I would. Right. I don't like when he's asked, there was an article, what's the number one thing you do in your golf swing? You know, your, your one swing thought and, you know, Justin Thomas's cover the ball, you know, Brooks's is come from the inside. Bryson's is, ulnar deviation what yeah i think about my wrist angle my ulnar deviation you know the the difference in the line between your two like give me a break that's not golf they, they go to a lab somewhere buddy like him and kyle berkshire the videos and them up till 5 a.m just driving balls into a net i don't know it rubs me the wrong way i think golf it's, it's excessive it's excessive it's too much exactly yeah which is which is funny because because brooks is the i think brooks rubs people the wrong way because it's not and it's a, it's a sport that frustrates like us, you know, the guys who play it. We're like, this guy acts like he, like you said, grabs the Gatorade and just goes and takes Bell Reeve and puts it on his knees <laughs> and gets a PGA championship and then wins. Was it a back-to-back PGAs or back-to-back uh, U.S. Opens? Yeah, back-to-back -back PGAs. And, uh... it's, and it's like, this guy is making it look way too easy. And then there's, there's Bryson and then, I will say that the, the Bryson moment that upset me, I forget which term it was, when he got upset in the bunker and was like, you guys shouldn't be showing me. It's like, no, we that's this is golf, dude. That's what we want to we want to see you frustrated. That's us. That that's yep. that's us. Or the right? double, was it was it two or three three woods that he hit out of bounds? Like he literally pulled a 10 cup. It was like, give me another one. Yeah, dude. This guy, I mean, this guy's out, you know, he's doing shit, you know, breaking his driver, right? I mean, this guy, you know, it's, it's so weird. But but Jake, where do you sit? I mean, are you more towards a Bryson guy? Are you more towards a Brooks guy? Because I think they're so far on the spectrum. It's it's a great yeah. conversation to have. I tend to kind of go towards Brooks. Uh, the the whole fascination with Bryson, I completely understand. Who? How many guys take a protractor out on a golf course and try and <laughs> try and measure <laughs> angles with a protractor? Come yes. on. They just or have the caddies spraying the balls with yeah. water for. Uh, <laughs> you know. It is excessive. There's no doubt about it. So Brooks is kind of more my guy because yes, I think many of us are just kind of that average golfer. Yeah. Where we show up and we hit two or three drivers on the driving range and say, all right, let's see how it goes out there. And that's how kind of Brooks approaches this sport. It seems like, and Max is right. There's more to it in his game, but it just sure seems that that's kind of the way he plays this game. Uh, and I want to kind of bring this back to some of the guys, you know, I've been looking at it's the crazy thing about, about this day and age in golf is that how competitive it is. Like, like, it's hard for Dustin Johnson to win, not because he's got to compete with a lot of guys his age, but guys like Matthew Wolf and Victor Hovland, two Oklahoma State guys, just for example, they could win a major championship. And they're guys who are still out there, in some cases, you know, wearing a, a Pokes hat or, you know, having, you know, something still connects them to their college because they're just fresh out. You know, Colin Moore, Kyle was 23 years old, and he goes and wins, 
you know, the, it was the PGA last year. Yeah, Harding Park out there, yeah, right, sure. at Harding Park in San Francisco. And, you know, it's, it's crazy how competitive it is now, especially with these young guys. And so, Jake, who are a couple of younger folks that you're looking at this week? Not necessarily, you know, go Pac-12 guys. If you like to go that route, be, be my guess. But who are some guys you're looking at? I'm looking at Colin Morikawa. I think he has got a very polished game for as young as he is. He's got a very good head on his shoulders. He doesn't let things get to him. I think we see that with a lot of young stars on the PGA Tour. They get a little too cerebral at times for themselves. They kind of either psych themselves out or just get in their own head. And he has proven so far that nothing really kind of phases him. Obviously, he's from Cal. He did win there in San Francisco. So essentially, it was on his home turf that he won that tournament in the PGA. But this is a kid. He's got he's got all of the game in the world to go out and win it. In my opinion, I would love to see him ha- have his have a chance here at Augusta to show what he can do. He's ranked, I believe, fourth or fifth in the world currently. So he's absolutely rocking it, and he's a ton of fun. Another guy that I would keep an eye on is uh, Matthew Wolf. Very unorthodox game. Uh, obviously, that swing yeah. is unorthodox, but it's effective. And he he has he, uh, similar to Morikawa. He's got all of the different elements you need to win major championships. He's long off the tee. He's got good iron play. Fairly solid putter. He's not necessarily the most consistent putter, I I, I would say, but he's got all the elements there. So those, those two, I would be guys, be guys. I would say, okay, those are the young bucks to keep an eye on. Max. Yeah, and you look at Matthew Wolf, and he's a guy, again, like a Brooks. I think these guys with the athlete mentality, he rises to the occasion. You look at the majors this year, second at the U.S. Open. You know, he goes and he gets fourth at the PGA Championship. But he inexplicably, you know, in the past five tournaments, hasn't finished inside the top 35. So, you know, I think Wolf is very if – the, if the question is interesting, Wolf is always interesting. Um how will his game go to Augusta? I, I'm not sure. I think Augusta is a course, I won't say doesn't reward length. Every golf course rewards length. But if that's yeah. all you have in the bag, which it seems like with Wolf, there there isn't a lot of consistency with the other 13 clubs, it's not going to reward you. So I think it's Morikawa. I mean, you know, I, there's probably a couple other names we could say. I, I wish I was more creative, but Morikawa is the single best iron player I've ever seen. Uh, inclusive of Tiger Woods. I mean, what he can do in his shot shaping in the way, the way he makes it look so effortless to hit a little fade or bring a draw into to a left-sided pin is, is just incredible to watch. So I think if he puts it all together, um, we could very well see someone that can't rent a car putting a green jacket on. Um, so yeah, that, that'd be, that'd be crazy. I mean, you know, you guys know that too. And Jordan Spieth guys is doing that as well. And Tiger, uh, another one of those guys who's done that. Um, yeah, this is the course, you know, that, that it just, it does reward just being consistent, right? It just, it rewards hitting that fairway, being in the right spots and be able to give yourself a chance to, you know, get a low score on the scoreable holes. Um, it's, a, it's a whole lot of taking care of business. And then on Sunday, it's that steadiness that gets rewarded, right? Tiger's championship comes and Tiger's win in 19 comes into mind. Everybody found the water except for Tiger Woods, right? Everybody found the water except for Tiger. And um, you know, that's, that's kind of where it does reward. I'm going to be honest with you folks. I don't have any locks for this weekend. I mean, who could it's the masters, but if you think you've got a couple locks, a couple tricks up your sleeve, why don't you go ahead and throw some money on it? Maybe you want to go with the favorite a little Dustin Johnson, nine to one action, or you want to go way outside to a guy like Sun JM, who I think is like sitting at 45 to one right now, but you know, he's pretty high rank, so he could be a good bet. Maybe that's a value. Look, I'm not going to tell you how to bet, but I am going to tell you where to bet. 
If you want to throw some money on the Masters this weekend, the only place you should be doing it is betonline.ag. That's betonline.ag. They've got the most lines, the most props. They let you cook up a parlay if you're feeling crazy. Whatever you want, you can do it at betonline.ag. In fact, they'll even give you some free money. If you go ahead and make an account, they'll give you a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. So head on over to betonline.ag, cook something up, and when you win, don't forget about me. I think I'm not going to go older, uh, younger. Uh, I'm going to go kind of towards the older now. We'll talk about some older guys. Guys, when the hell is Tommy Fleetwood going to win a, you know, going to put together four rounds? Fairway Jesus. I mean, it, it's I either Sunday. I don't Sunday. know if he's an older guy until he cuts that hair. I think well, he's, yeah, still, looks, looks he's really still living awesome. the life of a younger guy. Right. Man. But I mean, either Saturday or Sunday, one of those days is his downfall. And Jake, but he, this guy's a major, he's a major championship level player for 75% of the weekend. So he's the guy that I kind of look at similar to Lee Westwood. I thought Lee Westwood was destined to win multiple majors just in all my years watching golf. And Lee's never done it. He's never been able to put it together. And Fleetwood, similar situation. There's still plenty of time, I think, for Tommy to go out and do it. But yeah, you're right. Augusta on Sunday, you have got to stay just within yourself because that course will chew you up and spit you out as fast as anything. Uh, we had Mike Weir, a former master's winner on my radio station here earlier this week, just to talk about, cause he won in 2003 in a playoff. And he, he talked about the fact that on Sunday, yeah, you've just got to go out there and play your game. You can't uh, worry about what's going on with the other guys. If you start doing that, he said, you're going to miss a shot by two or three yards. And the problem with Augusta is you miss it by two or three yards or even 12 inches. In certain cases, you're going to end up 30 feet away from, where you hope to be and it's going to make your job near impossible to par or even bogey potentially max you have a guy who's kind of in that fleetwood zone maybe a xander shoffley you know a guy like a patrick cantley kind well, of those guys i think no no i got yeah i got to bring it back to florida state i think my yes. guy there is daniel berger i mean he's look he's world number 15 uh three years ago or i guess four years ago three mass 2016 he tied for 10th in the masters um and he's coming in you know not not hot, hot, but, you know, he's had some wins this year. Um, you know, he won just a couple tournaments, no majors, but he also got second at the World Golf Classic down the uh, the FedEx, you know, wins a pro-am and then the players ties for ninth, putting him in the top 10. Um, he has that really famous, what was the playoff? Um, oh gosh, which tournament that he won on that uh, that 25-foot birdie putt? He's the type of guy, you know, he's, he's kind of the opposite of Brooks. He's a little more consistent, but doesn't seem to have that high ceiling, you know, high floor, low ceiling. Um, but again, 15th in the world, he keeps kind of chugging along. So I think he could be a dark horse in this tournament. If he, if he can put four good rounds together. Charles Schwab, I believe he won. Yeah. Uh, in a, in a playoff. All right, guys. So let's go to your, let's go to each respective conference. All right, Jake, I'm going to go to you. You can pick, uh, you know, whatever you want out of the, out of the Pac-12, if one guy were to win it from the Pac-12 conference this week, who's it going to be? Okay, I'm actually going to do a little bit of a mulligan because he's a G5 guy, but he's in the Pac-12 footprint. It's Xander Shoffley. Uh, I think that Fine. he's got the capability of winning this tournament. Uh, I've I've always been intrigued with his game. I just kind of watch him play, and I'm always like, okay, this guy, he's got some nice elements to it, and he's a guy that I, in my opinion, if he puts it together, he, he could do it. He's, I think he's got the game to do it, but it's just a matter of him going out and proving it. So yeah, Xander be my pick out of, out of here. I guess we'll call it the Western United States. Max, who do you got from the ACC? 
Well, I think from the ACC, we would definitely have to go with uh, Webb Simpson, the pride of Wake Forest, which, you know, by the way, is one of the smallest power or the smallest power five school. But you look at Webb, who I have compared to Philip Rivers, you know, the man is right with the Lord in the way we all wish we could be tons of kids. And while he may not be the biggest household name, he's always kind of there. You know, just two years ago, 2019, tied for fifth at Augusta. So it's not crazy to think he could get there. It's just, you know, he seems to be, you know, he's one of those guys. He's just always the bridesmaid, never the bride, but he definitely has the skill set to win a green jacket. You know, again, Augusta is a, is a course that doesn't really reward length over accuracy or accuracy over length that rewards consistency. So you got to, you know, you won't see guys go out there and go, you know, 70 70 62 69 you'll see 68 68 68 68 so if he can be consistent and bring some of that trademark uh web simpson non-flash to the game I, I think he's probably the acc's best chance other than brooks to win a win a green jacket yeah he is an, an excellent wedge player my, my father is a wake forest alum so i always love to see demon deacons do very well and I agree with you. You know, obviously, guy has been a, a major champion back in 2012, I believe it was. And so you're hoping, you know, Augusta can find it. I'm going to give you guys two names out of the Big 12. Yeah. One, we know Victor Hovland, guy who is, I mean, ever since he's been on tour, has been on it. Uh, a guy with really good length, consistent iron play. Potty needs, you know, it's a lot of guys are there. They just need, but all they need is one weekend with a pretty good putter. Yeah. Second guy I'm going to give, and this one's a long shot, but I really like him this week. Dylan Fratelli, South African guy goes and went from UT Austin, a guy that his best finish in a major championship was T5 at Augusta last year. I think Dylan Fratelli is a guy to watch this week, and I honestly do believe this. Um, I think he is one of the Big 12's best shots to get a guy to win this week. All right, guys, let's wrap up with John, some. Oh, go ahead, go ahead, Jake. One yeah. thing on that. That's actually a good pick. South Africans have had a nice history with the Masters recently. <laughs> Schwartzel, uh, is it Immelman? I think won it. In Trevor Immelman? Yeah, Trevor Immelman. And then Louis Oosthuizen. So, yeah, right. there are plenty of guys from South Africa, Gary Player as well, if you really want to go way back, who have had a lot of success at Augusta. It's actually a pretty good pick. Yeah, funny, I, I look Oh, I was going to say, funny you mentioned Gary Player. So, Gary Player's grandson is uh, one of my fraternity brothers. So, I have to really? every Masters week. I haven't gotten to mention this yet. I have to watch the Instagram stories of him getting to be there every time. So it, it will add to the jealousy factor. So because of that, I am both a Gary Player fan and very much not a Gary Player fan at the same time. <laughs> the most athletic 75 or 85, wherever, he is, that guy is, yeah. he's a monster, man. He's, he's, he's awesome. Um, all right, guys. So picks, you can go two or three names that you really feel confident in. Uh, but I do want somebody that you think right now, okay, if I had to pick right now, this guy's the winner. Max, I'll go to you first. So yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with a lot of really insightful out there picks. But you know, I think one person we haven't talked about that got to number one, and then because of a rapid three week bludgeoning of Dustin Johnson, fell out very quickly was John Rahm. Mm -hmm. I mean, no one's really brought John Rahm up, but I think look, he's young, he's athletic, he's a you know he's a big guy, but. John Rahm is is the type of guy that I think probably could break through. I also think that I don't think there's been any disrespect, but I think people are so enamored by by Jordan Spieth mania that they're forgetting about the reigning champion Dustin Johnson. I mean, Dustin Johnson is one of I would say the most naturally gifted golfer currently playing golf on the planet, 
and he he hit another gear towards the end of the season last year. And I don't think that DJ is completely gone. And then finally, look, I got to go with the homer pick. You know, I think Brooks Kepka can make some noise again. Win it, I don't know, but I'm always going to root for Brooks, and I hope he does it. Out of your two, though, you know, look, I think I think the Masters is an old man's tournament. I think there is something about it's you know it's the only major that's played at the same course every year. And there's something about knowing how to win at Augusta on Sunday that these old guys have in their head that the young guys don't quite have there. So I think Hovland will have the better finish of the two, but I think we're going to see an old guy on top this weekend. Who do you, if, if you have to, if I had to say pick one person, who would you pick? I, I'd have to go with DJ to repeat. I think that he has been waiting so long to break through and you see his reaction after he won the master. He couldn't talk for two minutes. That guy, mm-hmm. Now that guy can never really talk, talk, but he was so choked up and to see someone like him get that emotional, you know, you know how much that means to him. You know, he's talking to Wayne Gretzky, that guy's in his ear all week. Um, he, he's got a special mindset. Uh, Augusta, look, last thing I'll say, Augusta, you're going to make big mistakes and to be great at Augusta, you have to one, be consistent, but you have to be able to flush the huge mistakes and pull a Bubba Watson, hook it, you know, a hundred right. yards and get it on right. the green. Dustin, according to everyone on tour, has that unique ability to flush the big mistakes. And I think he's going to be in a really good position to win this one this weekend. I, I think it's a great pick. And I think also that having the, the short, the, the shortened, you know, distance between master, masters actually is going to help him a lot if he wants to. Jay, who do you got? Give me a few names you're looking at and give me your one true champion, if you will. So I, I, I want to see how my hometown boy does, Tony Finau, this week. He's had very good success at Augusta in the last couple of years. Everybody will remember that famous him dislocating his ankle during the par three. Right. That's <laughs> back and being in contention. But he hasn't had a good run going in the last few weeks, going into this tournament. But he's had a pretty good season overall to this point. So I am interested to see how he does this week. I, I'm a huge fan of Justin Thomas's game. I love Justin Thomas as a player. I know he's had his foibles this year with some some comments made on air and whatnot, but he's number two in the world. He's playing very consistently. He's playing very well. And I think he'd be one to keep an eye on. And the one other name I'll mention, I think would be a guy to keep an eye on is uh, Patrick Reed. I know that he is the enemy in many golf fans eyes. I am not a fan of his in many in any way, shape or form, but he's proven that he can win big time tournaments. But if you, I know you're going to ask me who, if I'm going to pick one, I, DJ is a good one because DJ doesn't want to give up the green jacket after just what five and a half months of, of, of wearing it and having it being the defending champ. But I'm going to pick Justin Thomas. I, I think he is poised to do some big things this week. All right. I'm going to go with my champion. I'm going to see Al right here. Jason Day. Okay. I think Jason okay. Day. I think Jason Day. I mean, the guy was a world number one at one point and really just his battle of Vertigo was mm-hmm. awful. I mean, it really just, it, it really crushed his career. I think he comes back this week. I think he's a really awesome week. I think he wins the tournament out of nowhere. Um, sometimes it's those guys. I like the fact he's played the course a bunch. And, and he's still, he's only 30. He's actually not that old. He's like 32 years old, which is really right. crazy to me. He's been around forever. I'm going to go with Jason Day here, kind of in a shock. John Rahm's the other guy. Fatherhood maybe had, might be the, the solution for him. Just became a dad. I think John Rahm could help old circle phase. Take it home. Max, do you have something before we go? No, no, no. I'm, I just was thinking about how, you know, maybe those hospital bills will motivate him. Then I remembered he's Spanish. Not going to be a factor, but I agree with you, man. Maybe fatherhood gives him the uh, the push to get over that hump. But I He needs say, something to be likable. He needs something to be likable because he's, totally, he's, well, he's not, well, he's not oh, that well. Him, but him he's crying at the like, one when he became world number one and the reporter yeah. told him and he didn't realize he'd become world number one. Right. And he, you know, but I, I think, yeah, I think Rom is probably probably the most underrated guy in this field, or at least the most 
untalked about guy in this field. Right. Yeah, for a guy who's just recently world number one. Yeah. Jake, where can people find you and your work? So most of my stuff goes through my personal Twitter feed at Jacob C. Hatch, but also you can find uh, both my podcasts I host here on the network, Locked On Cougars, Locked On Utes. Got plenty for you on both BYU and Utah every day. Uh, Max, what about what about you? Yeah, guys, check me out personally at Max Moody 17. Uh, made it in 2017, so I was super creative back then. Uh, and you can also find us at Locked On Seminoles every Monday through Friday talking everything FSU sports. You can find me at Josh Neighbors underscore. You can find the show at LO underscore or at LO Big 12. The Nationals podcast, fun fact, I do a Nationals podcast, at LO underscore Nationals. Uh, guys, this was a lot of fun. appreciate you guys doing this. Absolutely. So glad we got to do it.